This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Any news today, Tito, at all? (laughs) (laughs) Dang, Rosie. That's your job. This is the Rosie Report. The next round's on Rosie, and we'll read his credit card number here in just a moment. Regular season roundup. Catch it, Rosie. Nicely done, Rosebud. Now, here's Jim Rosenhaus. Wow, wow, wow. Was that a wild weekend for the Tribe in Cincinnati? And we will recap it on the Rosie Report, regular season roundup recap edition of the weekend. Shane Bieber breaks another record edition. You name it. We have it today. Later on in our show, hope you stay with us. We had a chance to visit with Chris Antonetti over the weekend, the Indians president of baseball operations. Talk to Chris about the ball club and some of the rule changes being implemented in the minor leagues this year and, and some of his input on that and, and where it may lead down the road for major league baseball. That's a long way off, but some really neat uh ideas from Chris and also some of his observations on what's being implemented in the minor leagues. So we'll have that a little bit later on in the podcast. Also, Jay Bruce retired on Sunday. He was a New York Yankee for the latter stages of his career and was off to a slow start this season, decided to hang him up after 14 major league seasons, many with the Reds. But that sliver of time in his career with the Indians in 2017 featured some great moments, and we'll relive one of those, and I'm sure you know what it is. We'll relive that in our podcast today as well. But first, a look back at the weekend. A miserable start for the Tribe in Cincinnati on Friday night as they lost 10-3 to the Reds. A tough outing for Logan Allen in that one. And then on Saturday, a gut punch. Indians leading 2-1 in the ninth inning. Things going well. But with two outs, a ground ball to first got through the legs of Josh Naylor, and that opened the door for the Reds to tie it in the ninth and win it in the tenth. That game also featured a triple play by Cincinnati. So, coming into Sunday, Indians trying to salvage the finale of the weekend series with Cincinnati. And who better to try and do that than Cy Young Award winner Shane Bieber, coming off a great outing the time before in Chicago and he did not disappoint. Struck out 13 into the record books he goes. First pitcher in Major League Baseball to strike out 10 or more hitters in his first four starts of a season, and also tied Nolan Ryan for the most total strikeouts through four starts in a season at 48 after the game. He talked about all of it. Shane, um, was there any fatigue or any fatigue? Just from the last start and just how deep you went and how many pitches you threw, did you feel any different today when you went out there? Uh, no. Uh, I don't think there was any residual from, from last start. Um, felt a little little slow, a little sluggish in the beginning of the game, but was able to get through it and, um, you know, kind of get on a roll there at the end. Um, but, but, no, no. I felt good um, in my routine throughout the week. 
uh, bounced back well from, from my last start. And um, yeah, I guess it was my first start on five days rest, but everything felt good. I asked Berto this and he, he was honest and said he doesn't know. How aware are you of where you're at strikeout wise, numbers wise during a start? I'm not. Um, well, I, I mean, I don't want to lie to you <laughs> uh, and say that I'm, you know, never aware. But today uh, was one of those days where uh, it kind of just happened. He, he came up to me after the game. He's like, dude, I had no idea you were at, you know, this number. And I said, neither did I. Um, it was when I came out and uh, I was talking to Tristan a little bit about it. And, uh, you know, I guess <clears throat> once you once you feel that rhythm and, and get the momentum moving forward, good things are going to happen. And, um, you know, I guess that's where everything kind of started stacking up. When, when Naquin got you there at the end, did you – it almost looked like you were, like, smiling or laughing. What was going through your head? <laughs> A couple things. Uh, yeah, I was – I was telling myself before, you know, throughout the lineup, uh, you know, just make sure you keep it away and up. And I threw it down and in in his wheelhouse and, you know, he took advantage of it. And he's off to a great start. And, um, you know, those are the pitches that he's hitting. So um, good for him. I'm happy for him and, and his start right now. He, I know he, uh, he's not replying to my text messages. Maybe he'll start replying now. I, I... <laughs> um. I know it's not a personal one-on-one. -on -one. We talk about the Naquin situation, but Votto gets you for three hits. How nice is it to strike him out where he's hot right now to strike him out in his last at bat? Yeah, it felt good. Um, he's definitely hot right now. He's one of the greats. Uh, his bat to ball is uh, uncanny, and he'll make you pay. And I felt like I executed some good pitches to him, and, and he was able to put the bat on the ball and um, make me pay for it. And then uh, – you know, I threw him four fastballs there with the with runners on second and third, and and was kind of pitching around him, kind of not, um, but wanted to challenge him, didn't want to walk him, and uh, you know he put the bat on the ball and and placed it in a good spot, and those are where those two runs came from. But it was nice to to bounce back and you know keep him from a, a four for four day at least. Shane, it's been a heck of a road trip for you guys when you consider the games you guys had in Chicago, you know, and what happened yesterday. How nice is it in those seven games, though, to get on that plane and be three for four um, and not really lose any ground? It's nice. Um, you know, we've been challenged. Um, we've been, you know, just on this road trip alone, uh, we've been punching the mouth a little bit, but I feel like we've responded well every single time. Um, and that's what you want to see out of a, out of a club like this. And um, I think that points to a lot of good things in the, in the future, in the near future. And so, uh, happy with how we've bounced back, responded, and, uh, you know, it was a tough, fought road trip, and, um, you know, we're going to continue that momentum, especially from today. Um, you know, we're going to enjoy the off day tomorrow and continue that momentum going into the next series at home. Also, after the game, Terry Francona marveled at the dominance that is Shane Bieber. Tito, Obviously, anytime you come through and get a win, it's great. But uh, to see the guys come through the way they did and, and get big hits with two outs, that had to feel real good. Yeah, I mean, coming off the heels of yesterday, showing up with some energy, and certainly having Bieber on the mound never hurts. But, uh, you know, I thought Berto staying through that ball, I think it was a changeup, and, you know, giving us a three-run homer really, really helped. 
you know, just what what did you think of what Bieber was able to do today and then giving you guys that, that getting you through eight innings tonight? I mean, he's such a good pitcher. I mean, early on, he established his fastball like guys do, like good pitchers do. And then later in the game, when he's facing their guys for, you know, the third time, fourth time, start throwing change up, breaking ball. You know, they, they the, the when they scored, he actually threw a pretty good fastball to Votto, but he just, you know, you got to get it in off the plate. I think that ball, I bet you that ball was right on the black and he, you know, hit that double. Uh, he's just a really good hitter. You know, what, what has Luplo been, it seems like he's really been able to help you in, in a kind of a, not a, not a full-time role. How important is that? Well, I mean, we'll take production anywhere we can get it, believe me. But it's been nice. You know, we've, we've started him mainly against lefties, but for the most part, we've left him in games that he started. Um, and, and he's rewarded that, you know, he's hit a couple, I mean, we thought he hit a home run, whatever, well, you know, it was a double, whatever, but he's taken some good swings. That's, you know, he's dangerous. Long as he can take good swings, he's going to hit some balls out of the ballpark. You know, I think you alluded to this earlier, but how just, you know, when you, when your team is kind of struggling a little bit, how, how nice is it just to be able to roll Bieber out there? hand him the ball it certainly helps I mean that's why you call guys aces and he certainly has lived up to that um he's he's really accountable for you know what what he needs to do and it's nice when you you know you got a tough night last night and you wake up this morning and you know you see him running out to the bullpen that makes you feel a little better so a nice win on Sunday for the Tribe. They win it by a final score of six to three off day Monday they're back at it at home opening up what will be a challenging but lengthy homestand with the Chicago White Sox on Tuesday night, 6-10 first pitch. Make a note of those if uh, you're coming down to the ballpark during the week in the month of April. Those are 6-10 starts uh, until we get through April. So uh, be aware of that. And I should stand corrected. The uh, midweek starts in May also are uh, 6-10 starts during the week, but uh, not a whole lot of those in the month of May for the Tribe. A lot of road games for the Indians in May. Okay, we digress. Now, on to Chris Antonetti, Indians President of Baseball Operations. He joined us for Indians warm-up, and we have the lengthier edition of that with Chris. And uh, we talk about rule changes, mentioned that in the open, uh, some of the things going on in minor league baseball as a, a test run to see if maybe they'll work in the major leagues. We'll talk to Chris about that in uh, just a little bit on the back end of this. But first, we talked about the ball club, most notably the offense early in the season. Well, I think there are a lot of things that we look at, Rosie. Obviously, the the thing that we're trying to accomplish and not lose sight of is we want to make sure we score as many runs as possible. But as we all know, during the course of the season, you can, you know, individuals and teams can have some quality at bats and, um, you know, hit the ball hard and just have some bad luck. And uh, I think we've had our share of that uh, to start the season where maybe some balls that we've squared up just have found their, their way in the fielder's gloves. So um, we definitely have work to do to be more consistent, but I, I do expect our offense improved by what we're seeing um, and maybe some of the underlying information and also, you know, just how guys are approaching each of their events. Because there is some youth on this team. Did, are you concerned at all that, that those players, even if they have good at-bats, but the results aren't there, uh, might get discouraged? Or is that something you don't really worry about with this group? I think we worry about that with all hitters. Um, the game is so much 
psychological and mental that, you know, we, you can, it's easy for guys to lose confidence at times when hits don't fall their way. So sometimes, you know, guys just need that broken background ball to get through rather than that hard line drive right at the right fielder that's caught at the wall. So, um, but our, we have a tough group. We've got a group that's, you know, working really hard and continues to, you know, put in the work to, to generate the results. And if we keep that, that work along with the mindset of it's going to improve, I think, you know, we'll have better days ahead offensively. Pitching wise, obviously a strength, uh, but youth is there in the starting rotation. And, and you've had a couple of short starts this week mixed in with, with some tremendous starts, but, but with that youth and inexperience in some cases, do you kind of expect that, that there's going to be some starts that just don't go well for certain pitchers in that rotation? Well, our goal was to minimize those as much as possible, but we do realize that uh, yeah, that's something that's likely in the cards for us. We do have the youngest pitching staff in all of baseball. In fact, I think our roster is the youngest roster in baseball at this point with the youngest pitching staff and I think the fifth youngest uh, position player group. So we do know that there's youth, and, and with that youth may come some inconsistencies, but we've got, you know, again, a good group of guys that uh, – works diligently with our coaches to continue to improve. So hopefully as a, as the season moves along, we'll be able to get a little bit more consistency, um, you know, offensively and also on the pitching side. At the back end of the bullpen, Emmanuel Classe has, has been pretty consistent early in this season. When you look at what he's been able to do after missing a full year, uh, surprising to you at all, or is, did you kind of see that in him when you acquired him, even with all the things he went through a year ago that kept him off the field? Well, he's been through a lot over the course, over the course of the last year and a half. Um, when we acquired him, we knew that there was electric stuff in there and um, really some unique pitches and pitch profiles that could lead him to be a really successful reliever. But he did miss so much time that we weren't quite sure what to expect this year coming spring training. And a credit to Emmanuel and the work he's put in and the time with us um, throughout the course of spring and the early season. He's really done a good job of establishing some routines to help him be successful. Oliver Perez in particular has been a great influence on him along with, you know, Brian Sweeney, our, our uh, bullpen coach, and hopefully Emmanuel can continue the great start he's on. Chris, we'll, we'll close out with this, some observations from uh, things that may or may not make the game better down the road. We'll see. But uh, the Atlantic League has put in some uh, new rules for this season, including moving the pitching rubber back by a foot. Uh, what was your initial reaction to that, and what type of impact do you think that could have on the game? So fortunately, I had the opportunity to be involved in some of those conversations with officials at Major League Baseball and throughout the game. Um, generally, my mindset is I do think that we have a responsibility to think about the future of the game, create more action, uh, on the field because we know that's what our fans want. We don't want as much dead time, as many, uh, as much time between balls are put in play. And so I think we have to be open to looking at alternate ways to do that. And we're very fortunate with both the minor leagues and the Atlantic League that we have places where we can test out some of these ideas to see what impact do they actually have. Um, I think we always try to do it with a, with a very, in a very thoughtful way that you know, while there may be some experimentation, we certainly don't want to put players at risk for injury or health concerns. So there is always that balance. But provided we are exposing players to additional risk, I think experimenting in some of these ways really makes a lot of sense because we'll then have information and evidence and data to help us figure out how do we create that version of the game that we all want. And it does somewhere in the, in the back of your mind think, well, 
Uh, what's going to happen with a, a Shane Bieber breaking ball if he's back a foot and, and just examples along those lines? I think we're a long way away <laughs> from implementing these at the major league level, but I do think having information and, and data and evidence around this and, and a variety of different things makes sense because then we can be more thoughtful about what are the ones that might be the highest leverage, which, which ones, if we implement them, could have the biggest impact. And then think about how do we do that in a thoughtful way. I don't think you're going to see the mound move back a foot at the major leagues in the in the next year or two. But um, you know there are a bunch of things that we're trying not only in the Atlantic League but in uh, in the minor leagues to again create that better future of the game that that our fans want. I think everyone around the game wants. Fun to be a part of that process. It is. I, I enjoy the dialogue. I I love the game of baseball so much. I love a lot of the tradition. But I do think. You know, we, we want to make sure we're creating that game for the next generation of fans. And to be part of those conversations um, is certainly uh, certainly something I enjoy. And, you know, as an organization, an opportunity that we have something to weigh in on. So it causes a lot of uh, great discussion and debate within our office. And we're grateful about the forum to share our views. Always fun to talk to Chris Antonetti, Indians president of baseball operations. We thank him for stopping by this weekend. And uh, as I mentioned at the top, Jay Bruce retired on Sunday after a 14-year major league career more than 300 home runs uh, he had a, a walk-off for the Cincinnati Reds a walk-off home run that clinched their division title in 2010 and Reds fans still talk about that uh, just a great moment there but what about tribe fans what about September of 2017 Jay Bruce a, a trade deadline sort of acquisition when Michael Brantley went down with an injury late in the season. He came in to help bolster the outfield and bolster it, he did. And when the Indians were in the midst of their 22-game record-breaking win streak, game number 22 was hanging in the balance. It was tied in extra innings when Jay Bruce came to the plate. Ramirez, the winning run at second. Encarnacion, the runner at first. Still nobody out in a 2-2 game in the 10th. Bruce awaiting the 2-0 pitch. Here it comes. A swing and a drive to deep right. Down the line. Base hit. Into the corner. Around third. Coming home, Ramirez. It's a game winner for Jay Bruce. And history marches on. A mob scene in shallow center. Jay Bruce getting pummeled. As he smoked one down the right field line, a game-winning single for Jay Bruce. And the Indians continue this improbable run. 22 consecutive wins. And the Indians get their first walk-off win in the streak. We're down here with Jay Bruce, and uh, Jay... A couple of days ago, we were talking about one of your best moments in baseball, a walk-off home run to clinch a division title. Is this anywhere close? Hold on for the Gatorade shower. <laughs> is this anywhere close? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, this is something that, you know, so I guess maybe one other team's done, you know, and for it to be us is uh, a little bit surreal, but we're on a, you know, we're just, we're just playing ball, man. We're just doing what we can. And now we're playing great. And first time in the streak where you've been up against it in the ninth inning, but it, it seemed like maybe the team needs that a little bit, huh? 
Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't say that, man. We were down to our last strike there. We had the right guy at the plate at the right time, and he was able to come through, and we got ourselves another chance. And uh, I always feel good when that bullpen door opens, and, and, you know, we got those guys coming in. How about you, the at-bat in the 10th inning? Take us through it. You know, I know Maurer has good stuff, great stuff. Um, he's gotten me a couple times. I got into a hitter's count there, and I just wanted to try not to do too much. That's kind of my my biggest deal, If, if you know, always – you know, try not to do too much, and I think that's what that's what worked. I believe you said that the streak makes you feel alive. This kind of summed that up a little bit. I think it does, man. I think it does. You know, I, what I you know what I meant by that is September gets a little dull sometimes. You know, and uh, we're in a great situation where you know we're 14 and a half games up now, or whatever it is, and uh, you know there can be a lull. You know, there can be a lull, and this streak uh, keeps us on our toes and keeps that fire lit a little bit more. Congratulations. Thanks for coming by. Thank you so much, man. That's Jay Bruce, the hero tonight, drives in the winning run. The streak is alive. Tom, back up to you. So many fans who have seen so many great moments for the Indians, both in the 90s and this current run, the World Series 2016, those who were at that game speak so fondly of that game as a highlight of games that they have been to in their fandom. And uh, why not? What a great night that was. And Jay Bruce had the big hit in that game after Francisco Lindor had tied it. Remember that? With two strikes and two outs in the ninth inning, he doubled off the left field wall, and that set the table for Bruce to win it in extras. Well, that's going to do it for a jam-packed weekend edition of the Rosie Report regular season roundup. Episode number 10 is in the books. Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, thanks to Bart Swain, Courtberry Trip, Austin Contrulis for all of their help in making this podcast go. They're from Indians PR. Until next time, I'm Jim Rosenhouse. Thanks so much for listening to The Rosie Report. This has been The Rosie Report. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.